Welcome to the More Than Corporate podcast, where we discuss finding fulfillment, defining success, and living your best life. There's no roadmap to success, no one-size-fits-all answer to fulfillment. I believe it requires us all to be vulnerable and authentic about what we want to accomplish and have the courage to step out of our comfort zone to chase our dreams. Keep listening to hear stories from inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day. Welcome to another episode of the More Than Corporate podcast. We're going to continue from last week with the PodMax interviews that we did back in August. And I have an interview with Dawn Berry that I'm super excited to bring to you. Dawn is an empowerment coach with Dawn of a Better You. She's also the host of the Dawn of a Better You podcast. And she became an empowerment coach when she realized that she could empower people through talking to them. And after a near fatal car accident, she knew that there was a specific purpose for her. I am super excited for you to hear from Dawn. Really quickly, before we jump into this, this episode is brought to you by Success Development Solutions and the Define Your Life Mastermind. If you or someone you know has ever said the words, I'll be happy when, I just need to keep, insert whatever you think is going to make you happy here, losing weight, working hard, building my career, and then I'll be happy. If you've ever felt like you've done everything you're supposed to do, yet life isn't turning out the way you expected. If it seems like something is missing despite others telling you how successful you are, then the Define Your Life Mastermind is for you. The most powerful question anybody ever asked me is, what does success mean to you? And as I've explored this topic on my podcast and with my coaching clients, it's become clear that most people don't ask and answer this question enough. The Define Your Life Mastermind is designed to help you get clear on what success means, what a well-rounded life looks like, and what your best life feels like. Once you know that, you can build a business that fits into the life that you want and surround yourself with people who give you the courage to step out of your comfort zone to live this vision. If this sounds like something that you or someone you know needs in their life, head over to defineyourlife.morethancorporate.com for more information and to schedule a call to see if we're a good fit to work together. I'm super excited to connect with you and help you reach your goals. And without further ado, let's jump into this interview with Dawn. Dawn, thank you so much for coming on the show with me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Amber. I enjoy being here. I'm super excited to have you. So let's go ahead and let everybody get to know you just a little bit. Let's go back. um, The age old question of what did you want to be when you grew up, when you were in like high school age, what did you think your life would look like? (laughs) Honestly, I had no clue what I wanted to do in high school at all. I love it. You mean like you didn't, you know, have this grand plan worked out that was, you know, just going to fall into place like everybody thinks it does? I did when I was five. Okay. <laughs> and what was that plan? I, I was going to be a nurse. Okay. Um, and it just didn't follow through. <laughs> All right. I mean, no, no um, harm there. You were five. So I think you get a, a pass for that. So tell everybody a little bit about where you ended up. What do you do now? I am now an empowerment coach due to the fact that I was always the underdog. I was the one that everybody put obstacles in front of. So I had to work twice as hard to get wherever I wanted to be. And it wasn't until after my near fatal car accident that I really realized even when I wasn't feeling it, I was able to empower others 
and they really took it to heart. So after I got out of the hospital, after the 10 weeks, I really started to focus on myself because I was on disability through that at that time. Money was limited. I couldn't drive for a year. So I was stuck at home trying to figure out exactly where my life was going as a single parent who was not working at the time. <laughs> um, so when, what were you doing at the time that you got in your car accident? I was actually laid off from Chrysler. Uh, I used to work in the plant. Okay. And what was the transition like for you into an empowerment coach? You know, you mentioned this car accident. How did that transition happen for you? I had always been the person that people came to for advice and everything. So the transition wasn't really that hard until it came down to getting the word out and marketing and everything, because everybody knew me as the friend you called for advice. So it was hard to put that line in the sand saying, okay, this is what I do for a living now. I can't sit and talk to you for three hours to solve this problem. And then it really occurred to me that I don't want to solve your problems. I want to teach you how to solve your own problems. I think that's super powerful. And I'm really glad that you said that because I feel like so many times people think about coaches in the professional world or life coaches and they think, okay, now this person's going to tell me how to run my business or is going to tell me how to fix my life. And I always tell people, my job isn't tell you, to tell you how your life is supposed to be. My job is to help you figure that out for yourself and answer that question for yourself. Um, and I feel like that's kind of a big misconception uh, or misperception about what coaches do. I, I totally agree because you have so many people reaching out going, how do I solve this? And it's like, okay, for a question like that, it's not a one size fits all. Like I have to get to know you and we've got to figure out what the next steps are together. Yeah. It's not a one size fits all. And also, um, our brains are really good about masking the real problem. And so when somebody reaches out to you and says, how can I fix that? It takes some time to realize that that is not really the problem. Exactly. It's, it's just the surface. So you, um, you had this car accident and um, you said 10 weeks in the hospital. Is that what I heard? Yes. Yeah. And what was going through your mind at that point in time? Had you ever run a business before? Um, did you like, what was going on? I wasn't even at the point to consider starting a business because I wasn't in the, the right mind space at that time because we were still going through uh, specialist visits and dealing with insurance and all of that. But it was actually a man who was uh, in the diabetic ward that really clued me in to the gift that I had. We'd be outside and we'd talk for hours on end. And it was really eye-opening to see him grow and change and make his final decision that he'd been on the fence about for years. 
That's amazing. Um, and, and I think that it's, um, it's really cool to hear you say that because you, inspiration comes from all different areas, it comes from, from everywhere. And, and sometimes we close ourselves off and we don't really get the true inspiration that we're supposed to get from people or they don't make their true impact because we're so laser focused on something that we miss everything that's around us. Well, not only that, but society has conditioned us that, you know, you go to school, you graduate college or university, you get a good job, you support your family, and then you're going to be happy. And that's not how it turns out a lot of the time. <laughs> you're preaching to the choir, Don. You're preaching to the choir. I definitely um, agree with that. You know, when I, I ask all of my guests what they wanted to be when they grew up, that's how I start every episode. And, you know, it's interesting because when I answer that question for myself, the answer was successful. Like, I didn't really care what it was. I just wanted to be successful, not knowing that that's just not something that just happens, right? There's not like a place that you get to be successful, and, and I think this is something that's super important for everybody to hear from your story and, you know, from the stories of everybody that I've interviewed is, you know, you may accomplish a ton of stuff in your life and there are days you feel successful and there are days you just don't. It's not just a place that you reach and you're like, okay, I've made it. I've made success. Now I have it forever. Oh, exactly. And it all depends on your definition of success because everybody's does. definition I, somebody might say, oh, if I've got $10,000 in the bank, I'm successful. Or, you know, if I make it to work on time, I'm successful. <laughs> yeah. So, and, I mean, varying degrees, right? Absolutely. And then allowing that to change, obviously, as time goes on. So I normally ask this question much later in the episode, but because it naturally popped its way up here, I'm interested to know what is your individual definition of success? My individual definition of success is waking up every morning with such a need to empower people that I just, I can't wait to get out and start talking to people just to, to touch their lives and to give them that little boost some days that they just need. That's amazing. Um, and, and that fits really well with what you're doing with an empowerment coach. So tell everybody um, what an empowerment coach really is. An empowerment co coach helps you to figure out where you truly want to be in your life. And it's where you want to be, not where society expects you to be or where your parents have told you you should be or whether an ex-boyfriend has said, well, you know, that's... So it's truly defining who you are and what you are and where you want to be. And what does that look like when you work with your clients? Like, how do you, how do you um, actually make that happen with your clients? We work through um, exercises. We usually have a one-hour time slot where we work through exercises. We um, use quite a bit of uh, neuro-linguistic programming uh, just to help people focus and have an anchor to draw on. And it's ongoing support even after for between the sessions from week to week. I love that you just mentioned NLP because it is one of my favorite things of all time. Um, are you NLP certified or is it something that you've just picked up through along the way? 
I, it's something, interestingly, that I found I've used a lot of my life, um, but I am looking into the certification for sure. Perfect. Yeah, it's definitely a life-changing certification. Um, I got my master practitioner certification last year, and I'm getting my trainer certification in November, and it is a life-changing um, certification to have just because you can't learn it unless you use it on yourself while you're learning it. And it's just so eye-opening the way that the human brain works and understanding just the true power of how we think and how we act and where limiting beliefs come from. And it, it's definitely a life-changing thing. And that's my biggest challenge is always working with people's limiting beliefs. And I found NLP really helps them to understand where things came from. So it's not, you can't turn around and say, well, I can't do this because, and it's like, well, who told you you can't do it? Who gave you this belief? What was it that led you to this belief? Yeah, absolutely. And it's so interesting, the answers. So I'm interested to know, without going through the NLP certification, where did you pick up these skills and this knowledge? Because it seems like you have a really good grasp of it. I'm not sure. I think it might have been my love of psychology to begin with. And just, I've always been fascinated with how the brain works. And with all the new research that's come out in the last couple of decades since I've actually taken my last psychology course, it's just phenomenal how much you can change just when you change a little bit in your thinking. Yeah, absolutely. And it really is. And and the interesting thing is that it happens so quickly. You know, once you actually make that decision to make a change in your life, it happens so quickly. And, you know, we all think like change is hard, change is hard. And I tell people all the time, change happens in an instant. It's that decision to make a change that takes, you know, the pain and the, the sweat and the tears that, you know, you fight so much because of what's going on in your mind. And I mean, honestly, all we want to do every day is to improve by 1%. We're not looking at, oh, my life's going to be completely different tomorrow. It's, it's a process that we work through. And just moving the needle 1% is amazing what can happen in three or four months. Yeah, absolutely. So do you work with your clients virtually or in person? Both. Okay. And where are you located? I'm in Sundridge, Ontario, Canada, so central to northern Ontario. I was going to ask you. Um, <laughs> I was like, it's either Minnesota or Canada. I'm waiting to hear which one comes out. Um, I grew up in Idaho, and my dad was from Canada. His side of the family all still lives in British Columbia. Okay. And um, so that accent, I'm like, it definitely like... I, I just bought a new puppy and I feel like my head turns like the, the puppy tilt every time I hear a Canadian accent. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I see myself going, huh? Um, that's amazing. So do you work with people just in Canada? Do you work with them all over the, the country or all over the world? Like where's your ideal client located? Anywhere and everywhere. I mean, that's the one advantage of being able to do it virtually is you can work with, anyone, anywhere. I like working uh, the one-on-one -on -one in person as well, just because you get different vibes from the person when you're in the same room. 
For sure. I, I think that, you know, I try to do as much over Zoom as I possibly can because it's the best um, middle ground that you can get. But there's just so much that you pick up on by being in a room with somebody and feeling that energy that you just can't get anywhere else. Well, and you always, it's through the energy that you realize somebody might be holding back something that they, it, it could be the defining moment of their life, but they don't realize it yet. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what is your favorite part about what you do? Seeing the progression in the clients. I mean, that is the reason I live is just to help someone go forward and to see how they are progressing and spreading everything within their groups because you don't create change without affecting those around you. Absolutely. And I'm interested to know how, um, when you're working with your clients um, and, and you're working with them on a particular topic, how does that impact you? Because I know there are so many times where I'll, my client will say something and like just last week, my client said something to me and I had literally just said the same words to my coach. And I was like, I finally understand how ridiculous that statement sounds. Like when you're working with your clients, how are you now being impacted by your work with them? Well, I find a lot of it is mirroring. So it's like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, I know exactly where you're coming from because that happened to me maybe a couple of months ago or something. So it's a growth factor almost to be able to connect on that level and grow from it and learn from it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just an awareness too of, um, you know, people think before I can make a profession out of this, before I can help other people, I have to have my life completely figured out. Well, the, the secret is that nobody's life is ever completely figured out. And so, you know, we're all working on ourselves all the time. And so you're, you're, you're an expert to somebody. You can help somebody regardless of what's going on in your life. And I just find that if you're really open to that, as you're working with your clients, you're also just processing things yourself at the same time. Totally. So what is on the horizon for you with your business? What are you excited for? I'm really excited for hopefully in the next year and a half, I will have my property bought and I can start doing retreats okay. and really get in depth with groups, with the retreats. And what, what do you have um, in mind? What's your vision for the retreats? Um, an off-grid eco-community that's really focusing on empowerment and enlightenment. Awesome. So we um, talked about success. Um, let's, let's dig into comfort zones just a little bit. Like, can you talk about a time where you have pushed yourself out of your comfort zone and what that looks like for you? Learning tech <laughs> is honestly the farthest from my comfort zone that I can get. So it was really challenging trying to learn the back end of the business when I, 
I was in high school when Commodore 64s came out. Okay, so we had, if you took computers, it was programming. That was it. So from there, I didn't really grasp a lot of what was going on with marketing and everything because I always had a job. So I didn't need to know it. And when I started my business, it was probably my biggest challenge was to learn tech and it's baby steps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I want to go back um, to what you were talking about before and, and dig into um, the impact that your accident had on your trajectory for your life right now. And, you know, we talk about comfort zones and we talk about failure and, you know, you obviously went through this life-changing thing. What was it like for you putting your life back together after this accident? It was really challenging. Um, our court case took five years to actually settle. So I guess about year two, I was ready to just give it all up and say, you know what, I'm done with it. Let's just get this over with. And I'm not sure exactly what happened in the next couple of days, but I turned around and I said, you know what? No, you, you are not going to win this fight. I'm the one that's suffering. I'm the one that has to build everything from the ground up again. So I'm, I'm going to take back my power. I'm not going to let you take it anymore. That's so powerful as far as letting somebody else take your power. Um, you mentioned that you were rebuilding your life from the ground up. I mean, what was the recovery like for you? What was it like for you trying to relearn, um, you know, how you were going to live your life and find a new career and, and all of that stuff? Like there's, I think there's super powerful lessons there. What was that like for you? It was really, really challenging. Um, I didn't start driving until almost a year after the accident again. So it was arranging rides and depending on people, which was something I really had a problem with because I've never had to depend on people up until that point. So it was really learning how to be diplomatic with different people because who you got to drive you to your, your appointments were not always the people you wanted to spend time with. Yeah, absolutely. So let's, I, and um, if you don't want to dig into this, you can absolutely let me know and we'll edit it out. But I want to get into the emotional side of what was going on because I feel like it's, there's so much related to what you went through that, re, that, new business owners or people who are trying to make a pivot in their life go through. The difference is that you were um, forced to do this because of an external decision that was made by somebody else, not made by you. And, um, you know, business owners that are trying to make a pivot in their life, you know, they're making that choice. So, you know, let's talk about like the identity crisis that you went through, the, um, you know, emotional struggles that you went through of trying to figure out who you were now that you could no longer do what you were doing before? I think one of the biggest challenges was figuring out how I was going to redefine myself. 
because I used to be an auto worker. Well, auto workers have these reputations, right? They're tough. And, and all of a sudden, here I am having to depend on other people. And it, it really makes you question how you think about things when you're put in that position. And it's one of those, do I go forward? Do I stay where I am? Or do I backpedal? And honestly, backpedaling was extremely scary to me. And I refused to stay where I was. Because staying where I was basically meant I believed what everybody told me. And it was that I was never going to work on a normal job. I certainly wasn't going back to the auto plant. Um, and I was going to walk with a cane. And, you know, there was just so much that I was determined was not going to happen that a lot of stuff felt to the wayside just because that's what I needed to focus on at that time to get me through that period. Yeah, that's something that I really want to hit on for just a minute because no matter what we're going through, so many times we think we have to focus on everything at the same time. You know, if we let something fall, we're failing. And what you just said of things needing to go by the wayside so that you could focus on recovery and what you needed to, what you needed to focus on at that point in time. And then you pick up the pieces that matter later. And I think that that's really, really important because as entrepreneurs, as business owners, as professionals that are, you know, looking to make a change in their life, so many times we feel like we're juggling 97 different pins at the same time. And we think that if one falls, we've completely failed at everything. Oh, exactly. And unfortunately, with the system in Canada, they focus much more on your physical self than your mental self. So, and at that time, you didn't go on the internet to find a coach to help you get into that mind space. So it was really, really challenging when I had to figure everything out and I was stuck in one place because it was a full year at home with people coming in to see me for physio and stuff, but nobody really focusing on the emotional side and the mental attitudes that you needed to get through. Yeah. So for you personally, where did you find that? Where did you find that inspiration to really um, get that help that you needed? Anger, I think. It was anger at the system because it was like, you, you're not doing this to me anymore. I am going to figure out how to get where I need to be and go forward right now. And when you were in that spot, what resources did you use to move forward? It was a lot of phone calls. Because again, there wasn't a lot on the internet. And it was reaching out to friends that might have ideas on who to talk to or where I could go. So when you, you reached out to your friends, they told you, hey, you should look at these resources. What were those resources? What books did you rely on? What people did you rely on? Like, what was it that got you through that, mind, through that mindset hurdle? I think... I, I had a really close group of friends that I could basically 
dump everything on. And the good thing about them was that they didn't offer advice. They knew they needed, I just needed to vent. And if they had suggestions or something, it wasn't, I think you should. It was more a, a give and take. So when you felt more comfortable with that, it was a lot easier. And the self-help books, anything I could get my hands on, honestly, at that time, to try and figure out how to move forward. And so what was your favorite? Hmm. There were a lot that, that really, really helped. And not necessarily self-help books, but there was a lot of fiction, too, that you went through a journey with somebody. And it's you, when you started to really identify with them, you'd read the book over again and go, yeah. okay, what was their defining moment? What was pulling things out from unusual sources, not the sources that you'd think to go to necessarily all the time? Yeah. So I really, you know, part of this podcast is I really like to give people actionable things that they can can take out to implement in their life. So specifically, what resources did you use? What books would you recommend to people who are in a state where they need to shift their mindset in one way or another? I really enjoyed Girl, Wash Your Face when it comes to empowerment and really starting to say, you know what, that's what I've believed for so long is crap. It, it doesn't matter what anybody thinks as long as I am clear on what I think and what I feel and where I want to go. Because I, I feel Jen was just so raw in the book. Yeah. Girl, Wash Your Face is by Rachel Hollis, I think. Um, And she was absolutely amazing in that. That book is awesome. But I think if you're talking about Jen, Jen Sincero has an amazing book um, called You Are a Badass. (laughs) Um, And that's a fantastic (laughs) book as well. So what advice would you have to somebody who is making a pivot in their life, who, whether it's through an action of their own or an action of somebody else, they can no longer do what they, what they were doing and they have to find a new career. What advice do you have for them? Follow your truth. Figure out what and who you are and what's going to move you forward. Because when you've got that figured out, it is such a big part of moving forward. It's, it's just like a baby step after that. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to dig into that for just a minute. And I know I'm pushing hard on some of these things, but it's because there's so much power here. So when you say find your truth, what do you mean by that? And how do you think people do that? People can only do that by really getting to know themselves. And when you're getting to know yourself, there's a lot of beliefs and everything that have to be broken through. Because We've been so programmed that we don't even realize it's happened. And it's basically through social conditioning or beliefs you got growing up. And until you can really figure out who you are and what is going to best help you to serve others in your life, 
it is really going to be a hard go. So living your truth is basically getting up every morning with this anticipation of the day, going to do something that you love and that makes you feel worthy and empowered. Absolutely. I can definitely agree with that. So if you were to give our listeners one actionable step where they could start to move their life towards that, as you described, living your truth mentality, what do you think the first step for someone to do is? The first actionable step? Grab onto a mantra and just keep repeating it to yourself over the day. Um, One of my favorites is I am worthy. And you don't have to quantify it. Because you're worthy for everything that you want to set your mind to do. Yeah, that's super powerful. And um, the mantras are so, so important. Um, Do you have like, are you a vision boarder? Or do you have a, um, a, like I personally write on my bathroom mirror. Like, do you have a place that you have stuff? (laughs) Yeah, I have my notebook that always comes with me. And so new ideas, um, quotes from people that will really start to inspire things. Um, Albert Einstein loved his quotes. He was so ahead of his time with some of the, the ways he thought and the things he said that it's amazing now to go back and look and go, wow, like he had the insight that people are just getting to now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you think is, I'm, I'm a huge lover of um, all things quotes. And I know that you mentioned you were a literary nerd before. Um, so what do, what do you think is one of the most powerful quotes that you rely on um, in your life to push yourself forward? I think that there is always a lesson. You, you don't fail unless you do it over and over and over again and don't learn the lesson. Okay, very cool. Um, So before we shift into the final segment of this, which is our random round, if people want to follow up with you about this podcast, if they want to connect with you in any way, where can they reach you? Um, I can be reached on Facebook. I have my Facebook page. Um, If you're interested in looking into the program, it's dawnmberry.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn. So there are multiple ways to get a hold of me. Amazing. And we'll go ahead and post those links in the show notes so that you guys can grab onto those and connect with Dawn and learn a little bit more about her. And um, we're always limited, obviously, in these, in these short podcast <laughs> interviews to what you can learn about a person. So I think that you have some great insight to be able to share with people um, and that connecting with you would be something that would be in their best interest. Thank you. Um, I've really appreciated you coming on the show today. I'd love to go ahead and wrap up with a quick random round and ask you just a few questions to get to know you a little bit better. Are you okay with that? Awesome. Perfect. Perfect. If you could do any profession other than what you're doing now, what do you think would be fun to attempt? Skydiving instructor. Okay. (laughs) Um, If you could time travel, where would you go and why? Probably the 1940s. Um, It was a very interesting time in history. And I'd love to be able to absorb the atmosphere and be able to actually take the lessons 
learn from then and bring them forward because a lot of them have been forgotten. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. That's interesting. You know, I love it because no matter how many times I ask that question, I get, you know, a hundred different answers. And I just love hearing where everybody would go and why. Because every time I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll go there. Um, I feel like my answer to that question changes with everybody that I interview. Um, as far as um, as far as content is concerned, do you prefer reading books, listening to books, or listening to podcasts? Uh, reading books and listening to podcasts. Okay. Um, no audio books for you? No, I just, I find they're compacted and there's always something missing. <laughs> <laughs> what, I'm curious to know, what do you think, like, is it the emotion behind it that's, that's missing for you or... Um, what, what do you think is missing from an audiobook? And I'm only asking because, um, I am in the process of writing a book and I want to make sure that when that comes through, that that's not missing. So I'm curious to know what you meant by that. I, yeah, I think when you have a physical book in your hands, you're running the movie in your head, right? You've got their voices and how they look. And, and when you've got an audio book, it's, one person reading it and yeah. it just it, it tends to lose something for me I but, love that but yep. I'm very old-fashioned with the books nope so. <laughs> nope you're I'm the same way I'm a I, I listen to audiobooks and depending on the audiobook like normally if it's read if it's read by the author then I can connect with it a little bit more um, but if it's read by a third party, I have a little bit of disconnection. Um, but when it comes to books, I'm very visual. I'm very like hands-on highlighting notes in the margin. And I can't do that with an audiobook. So Exactly. <laughs> um, let's do superpowers. What do you think is your superpower that's gotten you through your life and has been most beneficial to where you are now? Being able to empower people. Oh, in what way? I tend to be able to make people see things that they haven't seen before. Like everybody has an element of courage that they don't necessarily recognize. So pulling that out to the forefront really helps to have somebody look and go, wow, I did do that. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Super powerful. And then recommendations. Let's talk about books for just a minute. We talked about You Are a Badass. We also talked about um, Girl, Wash Your Face. If there was a book that you would recommend to somebody that you think they absolutely need to read, what book would that be? Um, an NLP book. Okay. And there's, would- there's, a, there's a few good ones. And unfortunately, I cannot remember the title of the one I've got right now. Okay. <laughs> All right. So an NLP based book. Yes. I'm a huge music nerd. So I always have to wrap this up by asking you what your pump up song is. What song do you hear and you just can't be in a bad mood? Raise a little hell by Trooper. Okay. Very cool. (laughs) Well, I've definitely appreciated um, you spending some time on the show with me today. Um, I look forward to connecting with you again soon. And again, for my guests that may want to reach out to you, where's the best place for them to find you? Uh, probably Facebook or LinkedIn. Perfect. Um, it was a pleasure, John. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Amber. It was truly an honor. 
Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the show. I hope that something that was said resonated with you or provided value to you in one way or another. I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on the show. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Amber Furman. Also, I've created a Facebook community for followers of the show to interact with me and other members of the community. You can find that on Facebook at More Than Corporate. So go ahead and join that group if you'd like to stay up to date on podcast happenings and meet some really cool people. Again, thanks so much for tuning in.